Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Hello, listener. Welcome to another episode of March in Pod. It's been a few weeks since we have spoken to you about Saints and the ongoing. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we're going to get into what, what a shit show things are right now. But uh, yeah, you're joined by me, Luke, and as ever, Sam Appleton. Sam, come on, we're gonna we're gonna talk it through, aren't we? Yeah, it's almost like therapy, isn't it? I mean, it was. It's been a it was a bit of brutal few days. I mean, although it has almost united the fan base for the first time in a long time. I mean, I've never seen the the Saints hashtag on Twitter so united. Many of just one one picture by the looks of things. Yeah, that banner. I don't know who it was that came up with the banner, but it's just absolutely everywhere. I, I assume you've seen the responses to the. United ticket details. Yeah, it's just Jones out, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we touched on this before we started recording, but the, the footballing world is also talking about Nathan Jones. And it's quite rare for that to happen around a Saints manager and not obviously for the right reasons. Um, He's made far too many compromises, apparently, Sam. We are, we're not going to compromise our words here, though. Let's let's start with Jones and those post-match comments. I, I mean, normally we'd sort of um, discuss whether we're Jones in, Jones out, but I don't think it's even a question. Is there's like it's just it's just not even there's, a discussion. There's not. Ninety nine point nine percent of the fan base. Um, yeah, it was just bizarre. I mean, I mean, where I work, bizarre post-match interview cell and. Um, that very much got to one of the the top billing interviews at the weekend, and um, that never ever happens for a Saints manager. And it just goes to show just how I think the right word probably unhinged it seemed. I mean, it was just very very odd. And although not that surprising, I guess from seeing how he's acted so far and was how his characters come across. It was. It's just like, yeah, just again, he's saying they rather than we, which is, I know, it's pissing people off almost ever since he joined. <laughs> it was we for a week when we won those three games, wasn't it? Yeah, we won those three games, the two cup games and the Everton games. It was very much we, and then all of a sudden it's back to they when we're playing like absolute trash. And um, yeah. I just couldn't get my head around what he was saying. I, I don't think he could, to be fair. He was almost making up as he went along, going down a going down a hole deeper and deeper. But yeah, I mean, if the fans hadn't lost, he hadn't, if he hadn't lost the fans by then, then he sure has had, sure as hell did when he'd finished that interview. I mean, it was just utterly, utterly bizarre. And 
to throw yeah. a 19-year-old midfielder under the bus, who's probably our second or third best player, or one of our brightest prospects, at least, anyway. I mean, to say, to say that the fans are watching a different game to him, I mean, I, I personally don't think Navier did play that well on Saturday, but, I mean, take your pick. <laughs> The whole team was absolutely useless. Yeah. yeah. Other than other than Salisu, I thought had a quite a good game, mainly because of last ditch blocks. I don't think I don't think anything else really stood out. But Lavia did fine, and I think it's almost almost was exacerbated by the fact that he played against Blackpool Lavia when apparently he shouldn't he needed didn't um needed to be rested at some point. Why 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 not wrestling against Blackpool and start him in our a big game against Newcastle rather mm. than Diallo, who we all know isn't good enough. Mm. He just brings it all on himself. And the, I mean, about being one of the best managers in Europe, it's just, I mean, it's shades of John Carr, isn't it? From sort of six or seven years ago, and he was at Newcastle. Yeah. There is so much to unpack with his post match comments. And like you say, it's not the first time that some of the things he said have been downright bizarre. I, I, I mean, it's, it's where sometimes you you sort of think about the person behind some of these comments because we care deeply about Samson Football Club. We don't want to see it managed by Nathan Jones, but there's an almost element of me that I, I, I'm a little bit worried about him. <laughs> like he, I, I don't think he's potentially that that well. Like constantly biting his nails, he looks pretty unwell just in the face generally. And like you say, I don't think he know he knew exactly where he was going with those comments. According to Jacob Tanzel's athletic article, he walked into the press conference muttering expletives under his breath and then descends into this just ramble about how he's compromised and how he's pandered to people. And then, like you say, the comments on him being one of the best in Europe for he starts talking about metrics, which aren't really even connected. I think one of the ones he used was balls in the box, wasn't it? It's like, I don't, I don't really see many managers sort of talking about how many balls in the box they've got, uh, you know, as a, necessarily a good thing. Like if you're just lumping the ball in the box, which we've seen a little bit in terms of his, his tactical uh, yeah, tweaks throughout his time at Saints. It, it just it just stinks of a guy that is, is not equipped to, to do this job with this amount of scrutiny and linked to some of his comments since he first taken over it seems like he's just had his back up the whole time that people have written him off already. And he has divided a already pretty fractious fan base and squad. And there are rumours coming out of players now training alone, et cetera, the the B-team stuff, which we've not even touched on yet. I, I guess we will at some point. It's just a mess. And it and that mess stops with with Nathan Jones being let go. It has to, but a lot of the blame has to go towards the, the owners and the chairman of the club who, as it stands right now, I don't see how he's kept his job. A, because of results. I mean, results is paramount. If he was acting like a weirdo in winning games, then absolutely fine. Well, not absolutely fine, but you can sort of take the rough with the smooth a little bit. But um, the way things are at moments, I mean, people keep going, oh, but you won a few cup games. Yeah, but we've lost six out of our seven league games. And we're for so, how somehow we're not a cut adrift. It just shows how crap the league is this season. But to give ourselves a chance, we're not, we, we've got to get rid of him and get someone else. I mean, 
I say get someone else in. It's got to get somebody competent in. I mean, we've had this before years and years ago when we sat called Puel. Personally, I would have got rid of Puel. But then again, you bring in Pellegrino. It's exactly the same thing. You get rid of Ralph, who's had... He bought himself so much, put got him so much so much credit in the bank with some of the the performances we had. Obviously, he had the bad ones as well. But to get rid of him after four years of high highs, but very yes, low lows. But we had highs. We had no highs with this guy, and we completely it's just flipped reverse. We've, we've got no potential there at all now in the team. There's nothing nothing at all that that makes you think we can win a game. This that. I don't see what the plan is. The selections are absolutely just bonkers. I mean, the B team stuff just that just beggars belief. And seeing people like Theo Walcott start game, come well, not start games, but come on in the second half on Saturday is just absolutely baffling. Had our two best chances. He, he did, and obviously didn't <laughs> score them. Well, I think Shay <laughs> missed one as well, but that's that's part of the course, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but. It's almost neg- negligible by the club to to sh- to see how toxic things are now. I mean, I was at Brentford away last season, and that was absolutely nowhere near com- the toxicity that I saw on Saturday. That was b- beyond anything I've seen at games, probably since Rupert Lowe was at the club. And I mean, there's only 1,700 Saints fans there, and there were fights in the away end. There were chants against the manager from probably... Well, they started in the first half and they got more vocal and more vocal as the game went on, as you'd expect with the with the result. And to to put him in front of thirty thousand Saints fans on Saturday, it's gonna be it's gonna be bonkers. Mm. If we let Yeah we let an early goal, it's gonna be horrific. I mean, I think it'd be bad whatever happens on Saturday, but yeah, I I just think it's very negligible from the club. Yeah. I think uh, I'll touch on the owners first, but this is really the most crucial decision that they might ever take with 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 Southampton Football Club. You know, it, uh, as owners, the manager that replaces Ralph after the tenure that you've touched on, that is built with galvanising a young squad and keeping us in the Premier League, and. It just seems like such a huge gamble. And we've spoken about it. I've posted on Twitter about it. Set against the other managerial appointments around us. It severely weakened us. And the, the kind of second point on what we've seen from at least his Premier League games in charge, if there was clear progress in terms of how we're playing, clear understanding of what the plan is from a, a a tactical perspective and and he was able to kind of foster goodwill between him and the players i think that seems pretty broken right now then i think that alone might potentially buy him a, a bit of time we don't have that also performances have been so bad but ultimately as a manager you do have interviews press conferences as the only other thing that we see as fans. So performance is awful, really bad, but also we will read into your comments specifically against that context. Like you said, if you've got a weirdo in charge and he's saying weird things, but you're getting results, no one really cares. The one thing Ralph did as soon as he came in the club was look to unite the fan base and 
the squad and did a lot of, of good things in those early days. Jones has just done the polar opposite. Like we we are hanging on this guy's press conferences to maybe give us some hope that he might be the right man for the job. He's done the complete opposite. The whole footballing world is saying, what on earth is this guy gibbering on about? You have Ian Wright hitting the nail on the head of the match of the day, saying like he has got no clue what our manager is going on about. Like those two things, performances and his temperament, his leadership qualities, his comments, like he, he, it's just like, it can't, it can't carry on. I think a big thing that that is very telling is Adam Blackmore's Twitter thread the other day about, about it, about the whole situation. I mean, I've criticised him a couple of times for towing the club line, especially when Ralph was in charge. And you, I mean, you can't be accused of that. This this week, he's been very, very honest, very open. It's, I mean, everyone's read it. Every Saints fan worth their salt has read, has read that Twitter thread by Adam Blackmore. It's very, very, very good. And if he's saying it, then I thought the fact he said it meant a change was imminent. The fact how close he is with the club. Maybe he's, his relationship with the club is slightly more fractured now. I don't know. With, with the new owners and everything like that. And Simmons and Steele aren't quite as um, in the foreground. But yeah, to see that was very good to read, but also it's just so damning, isn't it, of the whole the whole situation and just any just I'm not I'm not saying any sort of change because I've seen people say give it to Ruben Sellers to end of the season. I don't think that's the op I don't think that's the right idea. I mean I was at the Sheffield Wednesday game in November that when he Same. was in charge and, <laughs> and we were just as bad as if not worse than what we were before. There's got to be somebody we can bring in that can A get a tune out of this team. This I mean this team is not a very good team, but this team is not a team that this team has the potential to be better a lot, lot better than what it is. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's the, the worst team in the league. I don't think it's the worst squad in the league. And currently well proofs in proofs in the on the in the league table. We're we're currently bottom of the league. Somebody must be able to get something better out of this squad than Nathan Jones can. And it's up to the club to swallow their pride, admit they've made a mistake, which they should have done already. They haven't yet. I mean, the fact this fans forum tonight is still going ahead is beggar's belief. And it's going to be so such a watered down thing now that, now that we've seen it's not going to be broadcast online anywhere. But It's going to be so interesting getting people's like takes on what happened in that. Yeah, it's room. going to be just secondhand drip fed stuff, isn't it? And um, yeah. you just know it's not going to be great either way. I don't think we're going to hear what we want to hear. And yeah, it seems like he's going to be in charge on Saturday in a very, very important and tough game. Yeah. I think your point on how toxic it could be 3 p.m. Saturday inside St. Mary's is a really good one. I think. In some ways, and I know not many people will be thinking about this, we almost have a duty of care to him. Like the vitriol and, yeah, and almost hate, you know. The, the, we have a fan base that is unified in, in in a real intense dislike for a man who's brought, ultimately, he's, uh, embar- he's embarrassing the, the football club. 
with, specifically with his comments. And I don't think he's good enough manager to get us to avoid relegation. So set against those two things, a, ch- a change has to be made. Um, your point on the, the the playing squad, Sam, I think is is a relevant one because for so long we undenied about Ralph's qualities set against a lack of investment and I don't think a great playing squad. But if you think about an 11 that we could genuinely put out now that includes, you know, the likes of Carl Walker-Peters, Bella Kotchap potentially was at the World Cup, don't forget, with Germany, Chaletta Saar, Lavia, Ward-Prowse, you know, potentially Orsic, Camaldine Sulemana, who I think was bright on Saturday and will prove to be a really astute signing, potentially, you know, Onuachu and, and Adams up top. But a good attacking options that I think other Premier League clubs ultimately, I think, look, potentially would have looked at relatively enviously coming out of the January transfer window. Like there is a there is a at least an eleven there, potentially slightly more depth than that now. That should be competitive in the vast majority of of Premier League matches that we play. And the brutal fact is we're not. We looked worse than we did in the same fixture last season, in my opinion. I mean, last season was pretty much as bad as it got under Ralph at Brentford. I I felt exactly the same way watching that team. And whether it was worse or, or what, it certainly wasn't any better. Like we we need to we need to change this soon. But I think on the players we've got a good enough team to stay up. Yeah, the, I mean, the players have got to take a, take a portion of the blame as well. They've been poor for, what was it, March? Was it Mar- Mar- early March last year, the Aston Villa game? Since then, they've been predominantly awful. But ultimately, it's football, and it, it falls down to the coaching staff and the managers to get better results out of the players. You can't sack... 21st team squad squad men it's just it's not going to happen I mean I've said before we gambled a lot in the summer A with the youngsters we signed B not signed the striker which ultimately I think did cost Ralph his job because as much as I did think Ralph should be should have gone A because the results were just appalling and B he just looked like a broken man near the end. You, you almost felt from he put, he'd put so much into the club at the end of the um, at the end of his tenure. He just he he looked like he need, looks like he needed a break. I mean, I've seen. I think I think he's turned down the Hoffenheim job today, and I think just take a longer break or even just. I mean, yeah, he just he, need, he needed a break, and we left him hamstrung but not signed the striker. But now he spent all this money on Nathan Jones. Who isn't? He's not worth. He's not, obviously not worth the hassle. But um, and also, how is he going to get the best out of these new players when he can't get the best out of the players he's currently got? Yeah, he's not equipped to do it, Sam. And and one I think slightly positive thing, if you can take any of that, is if if you think about the window that we had versus potentially a Leeds window, where it seemed like they were buying players specifically to play in Jesse Marsh's system. There was obviously the US connection with a number of their signings over the last six to eight months. The only link that really any of our signings has to Jones is a very small outlay on uh, Bree, who I thought 
had a horrific first half against Newcastle, grew into the game somewhat, but looked out of his depth. I thought he looked poor again on on Saturday. You know, if that if the, if that's all we're left with in a few they weeks' targeted time, him. they targeted him, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They did. And Brentford are such a savvy team. Like you, you know, you think about how poorly equipped we seemed on Saturday to deal with their threats. Like, yeah, I think they did target him, but he, he I, I just don't think that's the that's the sort of signing that we need is to bolster our defence, which ultimately has been really poor. I think there has been some small improvements potentially since Ralph has gone, but I, I don't necessarily think that's all to do with Jones. I think when you play a, a pretty bland hoofball style of system, then you, you probably are going to look a little bit better at the back. But yeah, we're in, we're in a really tough spot. Mate. We we can chat about the last week's games if you want, or we can look ahead to to Wolves. It's whatever you think is, is worth our time and worth the, the listeners' time here. I was just going to say another thing about Jones is... He's hamstrung himself. Sorry, he's not hamstrung himself. He's he's put himself under massive pressure with, with, with the selections he's made. Bringing someone like Bednarek back, who wasn't particularly liked by the fans before he went to Villa, and then he went to Villa, made those comments, and then has brought him back and suddenly has thrust him straight back into the first team, and he's suddenly a regular in the scene. He, he's useless. He's And also, he just... So winds me up on Saturday. The first, I think it's the first goal we let in, or, or wait, no, I think it was the chance that was it Visser who hit the bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he falls asleep, and then Visser hits the bar, goes out for a goal kick, and he's there having a go at everyone. I know, he does it all I the know. time. It's all he ever does is have a go at other people. The guy is an absolute fraud. He's and... a prick, mate, as well. And I, I, this is such a good point. I kind of forgot about that in all of the. In all of the stuff, Ari Jones, like that seems so bizarre to me. And and the the uh, we, we don't need to dwell on the B team stuff. I think a lot's been made of it on Twitter, and, and more qualified people than us have talked about the impact of that. But the fact that Chaleta Sar, who ultimately has looked when he's played our best centre back this season, is potentially kind of out of the fold, even if it's short term. Like we, every game counts for us right now. I don't care about giving these people legs. Like we, we need to get results and quickly. For Bednarek to be playing and starting matches potentially ahead of him or even ABK, like that, that is really problematic. Like that guy should not be near our squad. He, sh- he shouldn't have been recalled, in my opinion. But you know, if he's going to be part of the squad and not too much of a nuisance, which apparently he has been in the past, then fine. But he should not be starting. I rather Lianco started, and I don't rate Lianco in the slightest, but. I know your Bednarek thoughts on the Anko, Yeah, um, I mean Bednarek is should be anywhere near should be anywhere near our team after what he said and what and how he's played over the last well over the last year or so. He's 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 an awful defender, and yeah, yeah, there's a, re- there's a reason Villa didn't play him, and even when they're doing so badly. Yeah, and Diego Carlos, their big money centre back, got injured, and he still didn't get a a, a look in. No, yeah, and yeah, it's it's just nonsensical. I think the slight issue is, and uh, TalkSport called it a stay of execution, whether that's their words or something from inside the club, but we're now, and it felt a bit like it did with Ralph to the end, we're now just like game by game, you know, or oh, if we potentially get a good result against Wall, does that mean he 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 stays? Like, if we hypothesise around what Jones would have to do to keep his job from this point, like, what do you think that is? 
he's not going to keep his job. He it's going to be. We're just wasting time. He's going to be sacked eventually, and we're just wasting time. We're not doing it now. It's what happened with Ralph at the end. At the end of his tenure, you knew he was going, but he just he got a couple of. He won against Bournemouth, and then he drew drew with West Ham and and Arsenal. I think in a similar sort of uh, window of games, and that kept him on. But we still knew this. He, he wasn't he wasn't going to be there much longer. Mm, mm. Jones will be sacked in the next month, I think, but it shouldn't get anywhere near the next month. It should be it should be now. He should be gone, and we should be not going to the game on Saturday with a spring in our step because we're bottom of the league. I mean. It's a bloody tough game on Saturday, I think, against Wolves, who we very rarely do very well against. But if Jones wasn't at the club on Saturday, the atmosphere would be tenfold better, well, more than that. Mm-hmm. And if if he's there on if he stood there on Saturday, it's just going to be horrendous, and there's going to be no oh, be no. Su- I mean, we should be supporting this. We should be getting behind the team to try and help them stay up. But all the all the focus will be on Nathan Jones. And it's going to be horrendous. Hey, are you not excited to see this new brand of football? Given he's not going to no be com- making no any compromises. Comp- no compromises. Yeah. This is this is going to be true Nathan Jones ball. That's what we've sure, got like, I'm in sure, store. I'm for sure us. former Real Madrid and Spain manager Julian Lopetegui is really worried for these. There's no compromise <laughs> football. You are so intrigued about what what might happen. I mean. It's, it's obviously going to be three at the back. Deep... Three at the back yeah, it? yeah, it's going to be three at the back, of course. It's going to be deeply toxic and three at the back. That's that's all I know. Oh God! Was the no compromise the Forest game, which which is one of the worst games I've ever seen Saints play? Yeah, is that what, what it's going to be? Seventy plus long balls. He talks about like playing. You know, he uses words that aren't linked to the brand of football that we've seen, but like fluid, dynamic. Words that don't really mean anything, you know, front-footed keep saying, keep saying aggressives. Like, Aggressive. what does that even mean? Yeah. Oh, Sam, it's painful. It really is painful. There was a, I don't know if you listened to the Totally Football Show, but Adrian Clark, who played with him, I think, was Adrian Clark been talking a little bit about him and just said that he is a very, very interesting character. And even from his playing days, you, you knew you were dealing with slight oddball. Um, and I think another person on the same podcast, this was from last week, they were talking about Alcaraz's performance against Newcastle. I thought he looked slightly out of his depth in that game. To be honest, he didn't have a good time of it at all. But apparently he went over to Jones. Someone was sat quite close to the, the dugout and was like, I-, I actually don't know what role you want me to be playing in, in this system. Because we obviously had both, uh, it was both Diallo and Ward-Prowse central, I think, mm. or yeah. Diallo was obviously the deeper one, but Alcaraz just looked lost. And it and it did like make me think, God, if you have players blatantly coming over to the sideline just saying, I don't know what my role is. Like if you think about the impact that Deitch has had, that, you know, over a three-day period where they look so complete as a football team on, on Saturday against Arsenal, like we are... We are fucked. Yeah, I just don't see any shoots of hope, really. Like in terms of the, even we're we're three points in safety, but I just don't see where any sort of points are coming from. I mean, you could sort of look ahead to the Wolves game and think that it's a, it's a team, it's a home game against a team in the in the bottom half. But we don't win home games. We don't beat Wolves, and well, we just don't win. We don't win games in general at the moment. And Wolves, I mean, Wolves look bloody good against Liverpool on Saturday. 
they beat beaten three mm. 0 Apparently, Mario Lamina was excellent, and they just <laughs> they just got these certain players' walls that will that will. I mean, they'll beat us in the midfields. Look at the midfield three. Yeah, yeah. Neves, Neves, um, Nunes, and Matinho. This can rival any in the division when it's yeah. in form. Yeah, and they've added, you know, Lamina, as, as you said, I think the reports were he had a really good game, but they've added people like Sarabia and Mateus Cunha up top. Technically, technically, they're, they're, I think they're too good for us, specifically in the middle of the park, but also tactically, like Lopetegui and, and, and the likes of Emery, they know what they're doing. Like we are, unless a change happens, we are, we're going to really struggle. Sam, what else do we want to talk about? Is there anything else to talk about? Do you want to quickly touch on the the new signings? Um, I guess you were in the ground on on Saturday. What were your thoughts on Camel Dean and Onuachi? I thought Camel Dean looked bright, as you said earlier, but I mean the game was done pretty much by the time they both came no. on. We left the pro- we didn't really give on any service, I thought. The crossing was either too deep or too low, and the guy was six foot seven did slightly worry me. He didn't really jump for headers when you, I mean, against defenders like um, Pennock and Ben Mee, who were very, very good defenders and very, very savvy. He just didn't seem to seem to get involved that much. But it's, it's one half of football. They've only, they only, I think they only got in the country on Friday, so it's very hard to judge. Mm. But we're going to need we're going to need them to be big players for us in the second half of the season if we're going to have any chance. Yeah, I think he he is slightly better technically than I had assumed because I think there have been some, you know, YouTube clips that he's rumoured to have scored the worst hat trick of of all time. I don't know if you've seen, you've seen that. it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't care if he scores a hat trick like that. Yeah, yeah, of years. course. Um, but he, he, you know, I think he can occasionally, you know, sort of lose control of the ball in quite important areas from what I've seen, but. His goal scoring record and one touch finishing specifically, obviously, you know, with with his head is very good, but he, he does seem technically like he's pretty decent as well. If we quickly preview that Wolves fixture, I know we're going to see the purest form of Nathan Jones football. Well, actually, before we quickly chat about Wolves, do you think he's going to be here on, well, be in the dugout on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I do. Unfortunately, unfortunately, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Do you? I think he will be. Yeah, but I think it will be. It'll be the infamous corner flag photo, maybe Sunday or Monday morning. Just delaying the inevitable. It's I just, know. It's I know. Just, it's silly, ridiculous. isn't it? Um, are there any players that I guess you think have to start that game to give us a chance? I think the two new signs have to start. I think, I mean, it's what I think rather than what I think Nathan Jones will do. Do you mean? Yeah, your your perspective, Samuel. I mean, it's got to this point where I wouldn't be adverse to seeing a different goalkeeper as well. I think Bazzini's really struggling with confidence. Willie Caballero? If Alex McCarthy is fit, I may give him a game. And I mean, I mean, the amount of chats we've had about Alex McCarthy in this podcast, uh, how he shouldn't be playing. I'm He's back, myself, baby. But, Next but podcast, back, we're going to be talking get, about get Alex McCarthy. Yeah, the McCarthy Renaissance. Um, 
I like to see Alcaraz back in the team. I like to see Lavia, well, still in the team. He, he, he probably gets subbed off again. And that'll, that'll kick things off nicely. Just quickly um, about the roles for people like Lavia and Alcaraz. Like, Lavia is a really good defensive midfielder. We don't need to be playing with more than one of those, especially in our home fixtures, I don't think. Like, no. Diallo, I think, off the ball is okay on the ball. He he really is pretty bad, like consistently giving the ball away in simple areas. But off the ball, he is pretty good and can cover ground. But I think it has to be one of them, not not both of them. Yeah, just looking forward to what this no compromise team is. It's going to be come two o'clock on Saturdays and be an interesting lineup. I mean, James Bree, right wing back, is surely a lock. He's he's the first name on the team sheet. Yeah, Wal well, Prowse is, is there is there in, in second place. Yeah, I think I think James wants Bree on corners and free kicks as well. I've noticed you stopped <laughs> letting Wal Prowse take some corners, so I think maybe we are building up oh, some Bree free, free kicks and uh, corners. Oh Sam, let's wind it down, shall we? There is a rumor. Again, it's so funny, isn't it? I, I mean, I, I've decided that today I've been really good and I've not been on Twitter too much. But yesterday, I couldn't help myself. Reading every report, reading every rumour knocking about that he'd gone. Some dodgy football agent said that he'd been sacked at some point. But there's the rumour that the British players, so the British contingent of Saints players, like Jones. What do you make of that? Um, I saw that Ward Prowse... Still likes him, which doesn't surprise me. He's quite—he's he's a nice guy, isn't he? Will Prowse. He's not going to. Yeah. Can you see him rocking rocking a boat? Doesn't surprise me. It's someone like Chaletta Sars potentially falling out with him. Who's obviously an experienced international and probably isn't afraid to tell Nathan Jones that he's shit. And um, I mean, it's, did you did you see that Twitter space the other night where Romeo Lavia and Nathan Teller were both listening in? I did see that they're both listening in. I haven't listened to any of the space for what it's worth. No, I dipped in for about five minutes and it was sort of, sort of winding down, but I did. I saw that Lavia and Teller had both dipped into that, which is quite interesting. Yeah, and the kit man, I think, was... That was he as well. Yeah. Is it Forbesy? No, who is it? Who's the kit man? I think it is, yeah. I think, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, mate. I mean, it's actually been quite nice to talk it through. You know, when you're stewing and, and sort of getting slightly, I'm finding some of it quite funny, to be honest with you. Like this little sort of troll that has just taken charge of my club. Like he, he didn't cross really my radar. I knew he'd done a good job at Lude. I know it was a disaster at Stoke, et cetera. But it's weird, isn't it, the world of football where this guy just gets plonked into your world. Yeah. And now like we have to deal with, well, the fact that he's our manager and also we're likely going to get rid of him. Sam, three, no. go on. I really wish I didn't care as much as I do, but. Alas, here we are. <laughs> yeah, I know. Three games. Where do we? I don't know if we have the FA Cup game in the middle. But anyway, we no, our next not, not three yet. three league games are uh, Wolves, Chelsea, then Leeds away. How many points? Uh, do you mean how many points if Nathan Jones is still there? Give me both. Nathan Jones is still there, zero. If Nathan Jones is gone, I think we'll get one point. I think we might get a draw at Leeds. At Ellen Road. Might as well just stick with him, mate, if there's only a one-point improvement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way Chelsea are at the moment, you just never know. Yeah, yeah, you don't. Mate, it's been wonderful to talk it through. 
I've enjoyed it. I hope you have. Yeah, roll on Saturday. Roll on Saturday, baby. Jones ball in full flow. Can't wait. <laughs> Listener, thank you for staying the course. I know it's not been the easiest listen from a positivity perspective, but fingers crossed this is the end of the road for our dear Nathan. But yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll be back potentially next week. I think if Jones is sacked, we'll probably jump on, even if our schedules don't really allow for that. But if he's sacked, Sam, we'll be talking sooner than if he's not, I assume. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Thanks, listener. Speak to you soon.